got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to Zorkcast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style. Brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of Zorkcast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello, this is Michael, and welcome back to ZorkCast. I figured to start off 2019, I wanted to have one of my favorite people in the world, and especially in the world of casino gaming and loyalty, on ZorkCast. And we would talk a little bit about 2019, and that person is Eric Rosenthal. Eric, how are you? I'm well, Michael. How are you? I'm doing very well. So it's 2019. It is. <laughs> it is. It's a new year with the, what do they say? New year, new me, stuff like that. Ooh, a new me. Okay. So this could yeah. be the year that, you know, I give you a birthday present of a man purse or something like that. Is that what that means? No, no, <laughs> not that new. No, I still can't pull off a man purse. I know you have your strategic reasons for carrying one, but I cannot and will not pull it off. Well, you know what they say, never say never. I can say I will never carry a man purse. <laughs> that is one of the, it, it, like the expression should be never say never unless you're asking Eric to carry a man purse. Then the answer is never. Never. Okay. And that's good. It's, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I think it's very good to have those strong convictions. And, you know, actually, <laughs> actually, now that we're talking, uh, you know, Eric's Rosenthal thoughts or Eric, you know, things that, Quote, I was listening to the recent episode where you are a co-host of The Better Life. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, 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 we're having a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was great. And I see I had to write this down in my notebook because I always write everything down in my notebook. And one quote that you said is everything in life has negative EV or everything you do in life. I guess recreationally it was and I didn't write it down probably correctly. You see I'm not so great sometimes. I'm all of all forms of entertainment from a financial perspective are generally negative EV. Right. So we talk about how, you know, you go to the casino and, you know, there is a negative expectation on your bankroll, right? Like all of your action is coming at a perceived cost or at a negative expected value. I don't make money when I go to the movies. I don't make money when I take my kids to the amusement park. Like everything is a negative expected value. There's a cost to entertainment. That's all. I always like thinking about that. And I like thinking about that with regard to, of course, casinos and gambling. Not so much as as a justification per se, because I'm a firm believer that people should do what they like to do. But just because uh, I think a lot of times people are not looking at the fact that other things that they spend a lot of money on, you know, could be equivalent to gambling. I mean, maybe it's a little bit of that idea that gambling is, you know, people are more negative about talking about gambling. But I guess my biggest example is if somebody likes to, you know, fly small general aviation planes and they take flight lessons and they rent a plane and they take the plane up on the weekend and they fly a couple hundred miles and then they fly back. You know, that's a very, very costly hobby, probably far more costly than than hobbies that involve recreational gambling. So I sort of was looking at it that you were, you know, that's something you were bringing up. And I really, I really sort of liked thinking about that. 
Yeah. I, so, I mean, you use that example. My buddy uh, happens to be a recreational pilot, and we talk about, you know, his weekends. He goes for a $500 hamburger. You know, he'll he'll fly to a, another regional airport. He'll go get lunch and get back in the plane and fly back. And, yeah, that's not a cheap hobby either. Exactly. And, of course, what is so amazing about you know, about recreational gambling, especially with comps and being able to deal with casino marketing and and comps is that, you know, you actually can get something back for your action. And not that that should be the re- a reason to justify what you're doing. It does make it a very interesting equation. And I guess part of it is I try to counter it with people who say, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure this probably drives you crazy too when you mention, oh, I love playing craps or I enjoy talking about gambling and people are like, oh, I don't gamble because you always lose or you can never win, you know, and and they give that as their like holier than thou justification for why they don't gamble. And that always, I don't know, that sort of always poked at me rather negatively. Well, I mean, that's definitely the intent of their statement, but I've long ago given up trying to convince people otherwise. There are some people that want to learn and are willing to learn, and there are others that just have their opinion formed already, and it's not my job to convert them. So, you know, let them... If everybody was beating the system, then we wouldn't have a system to beat. So, you know, that's fine. And that's, you know, and and in some ways, if you think about even, you know, travel loyalty and miles and points, that's mm-hmm. the same thing, too, because so many people aren't effectively using their points properly or redeeming the sweet spots that the programs are able to stay alive. You know, that's one of the reasons why the programs can stay alive, because not that many people really optimize what they're doing to begin with. Well, sure. I mean, between breakage and, you know, expiring miles and, you know, people paying 2.3 or higher for a mile and then redeeming it at the value of one cent. Sure. That's what creates the spread that allows five, six, seven cent per mile redemptions to be there. Yeah. So that's, it's sort of interesting to, to look at. And I think probably like, like a lot of times people have their opinions about things and they're very, they're very firm about their opinions. But I think a lot of times with most subjects, be it miles and points or any hobby or recreational gambling, I think one of the biggest problems is people just try to oversimplify. You know, they try to make everything so black and white. And we all know there's very little in this world, which is particularly black and white. Right. So whether it's the casino or it's the travel loyalty program, we live in the gray. And that's okay because we need there to be enough people that just see black and white for the gray to remain. Exactly. And uh, no, it's just and, and that's what you know, you got me thinking about some of that. And I guess the biggest difference to me when I think about casino loyalty is, you know, in, in comparison to travel loyalty is that in order and unless we're talking about earning through spend, but most casino loyalty, be it marketing offers or points or tier levels, comes at a, as a, at a relatively substantial risk 
you know, the risk reward. So I, I keep trying to, you know, I guess maybe this is, I know I really love to say resolutions, but one of the things for 2019 that I really want to keep coming back to is that whatever you get from a casino, you've earned that for what you've risked and for the play that you've done. So you shouldn't feel bad about, you know, your next visit or worrying about keeping up your play or worrying about your tier status or worrying about your requalification. You just, you know, I think people, I think sometimes they, you need to simplify it a little bit for yourself and not put all of this pressure on yourself to, you know, to stay like, well, like I say, it's like on the, it's the hamster wheel of loyalty. <laughs> Is that a good right. way to describe sure. it? Sure. Sure. We used to call it the Caesar's treadmill every year. Yeah, but ex- hamster wheel works the same. Yeah, yeah, and because it's it's like you feel you've you've gotten to a certain point and you need to keep all of that up. And then I think I think it eventually does hit a number of people at some point where they go, wait a second, why I doing this? Like, am I getting, you know, is it, is it worth the risk reward? And I think that's really good when that, when people realize that, because then you start to reevaluate what you're doing. And I think that's a really good thing to do, especially for recreational gamblers. Well, I think it goes across the board. You know, yesterday I was speaking to Bethany Walsh, friend of the show, and she was talking about how she did a mileage run at the end of the year so that she could get her executive platinum with American. And, you know, the flight was so long and so terrible that she found herself crying in the bathroom. That isn't worth it. There is no tear that's worth locking yourself in a bathroom and crying on an airplane. So, you know, uh, measure everything, right? So it's not just risk and reward on the action at a casino. It's the, the what are you putting yourself through in order to earn what you think you need to maintain? And I would say if you're crying in a bathroom, you've probably gone too far. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, I follow the obsessiveness in the miles and points world, pretty much so parallel with the obsessiveness in the casino loyalty world. And sometimes I'm just like, I'm not going to do it. I won't. I get so little joy of just flying somewhere and turning around. Now, I will be strategic and book a trip because somebody wants me to book a trip and then add something onto that trip to see another relative or do something like that. But I just, it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't do it for me because it has to make sense, except in some really rare circumstances. Well, uh, so, uh, you know, everybody's situation is different, but I can tell you for another 22 days, I'm a 1K with United. I did not renew this year. I have no interest in renewing. The juice wasn't worth the squeeze. And I'll be flying Delta in under a week. And at least U.S. domestic flights, you know, as the airlines have moved to a want first, buy first philosophy, they have at least made it, I don't want to say more affordable. I'll say adjusted for inflation, the amount of discounted first class and business seats that are available, it's way cheaper today than it has ever been before. And I'll just pay for it. And it it really doesn't matter. And I, I think that's a very smart way to approach it. And especially with the want, you know, I love uh, WFBF, right? Want first, buy first. I mean, Delta, one of the things that I give Delta a lot of credit for is they, they have made a number of improvements to the passenger experience 
And that could be a whole nother episode in itself, which actually puts them above United and American for U.S. domestic. And that's also inclusive of uh, their operational excellence, because, of course, the reason you fly is to get from point A to point B. And a lot of times people are very loyal to Delta and they set aside some of the things that they're not happy about in the loyalty program because Delta's done a lot of other things that are really good. And it's, it's something that's, and that's been over the last five, you know, five plus years. And it's a really smart strategy by Delta because it's sort of, I mean, it's the old story, like even in retail, like you might go to a store and pay a little bit more money or go out of your way to go to the store because you feel they treat you right. And, but it takes a long time to do that. That's playing the long game for sure. Yeah. But if you have a better product and it is, you know, reasonably priced for the increased level of service. For me, that's enough. And I, and I, I can't switch my loyalty just because of where I'm positioned geographically. But I used to start and stop with the United app and I would take whatever was the best option with United. And that's no longer the case. Now I go to Google Flights or ITA before even considering whether or not it's a United flight. Right. And that makes a lot of sense. And we are out of time. But the one thing I will leave you with is, you know, setting aside everything else. The one thing that you're doing is you're being loyal to the one item that I think is the most important thing to be loyal to when it comes to any type of loyalty or travel or casino. And that is you are being loyal to your wallet. And that is, I think, should be the number one criteria. Yeah, I would say my wallet as well as my experience. It's not always... Right. It's not always the cheapest, but it might be the best. Exactly. But at least it's up there. So, Eric, thank you so much for starting off my 2019 for Zorkcast. I have a lot of things planned and I'd like to have you on again sometime. And I'm going to leave you with something to contemplate, which I know you could definitely I know you have an answer to it, but we're going to save it for another episode. And we'll name we'll actually name this. And that episode is going to basically be focused on, you you know, just one thing, the one biggest mistake that gamblers make. So I, I just want you to contemplate that a little bit and uh, hopefully we'll, you know, get back together in the next week or two. Can we do that in nine minutes? Well, we're limiting it to the one biggest mistake, but it's okay. I'll allow it to go uh, 18 minutes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Thank you again, Eric. And thanks everyone for listening to Zorkast. Until next time. You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.